Peace and blessings. Welcome to another episode of Boss Hijabipreneur. Women often appear to suffer from the misconception that to be successful in business or accepted in society, they have to diminish or denounce their faith or beliefs. As a business coach, I have encountered women cross-culturally who face internal conflict regarding their religious identity, maintaining their family roles, and being their most authentic selves. I developed this podcast to help guide them back to reclaiming their faith, better define their roles as women, so they can own their identity, live their absolute best life, and be a powerhouse in business. Let's tune in to today's episode, Already in Progress. Welcome back to the Boss Hijabipreneur podcast. As you know, in 2020, we're focused on faith, family, and finances. We have found that our clients and the women that follow and listen to us find these three areas the most important in their lives. We have coined this month, Get Fit February. We're focusing on our physical and mental and financial health this month. In our upcoming episodes and our guests will give us tips, tools, and strategies on how to win in these key areas. Each of these areas is in a manner, a trust given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which will be asked about when we meet him. How did you spend your wealth, your youth, etc.? My goal this year is to help as many women this year rise to the occasion and start a business, give birth to a dream or two, go next level with their projects and business. The halal industry alone is valued at about $3 trillion, according to a 2017-2018 global report and growing by 20% every single year. Segments include halal food, halal pharmaceuticals, halal cosmetics, halal travel, halal media and recreation, and Islamic finance, which includes real estate and modest fashion. Plenty of opportunities for boss hijabis just like you to grow a thriving business. Many of the women we've invited to our podcast think so too. And so today, um, we welcome our guest, Kim Mason, who is a real estate investor and serial entrepreneur. Welcome, Kim. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? Alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. Alhamdulillah, I'm doing so good, and I'm so excited to be on here with you all today. I love it. Girl, I'm so excited to um, have you. So just tell us a little bit more about yourself so our listener can, you know, just get to know you a little bit better if they haven't encountered you before. Okay. Uh, so... As Halima mentioned, my name is Kim, and um, I'm actually a new convert to Islam. I've been Muslim now. Yes, alhamdulillah. I've been uh, Muslim now for about two and a half years, Um, and alhamdulillah, it was a really good uh, transition for me. Mm -hmm. So prior to me coming into the fold of Islam, um, I have been in business already for myself for about, you know, I guess at this point, maybe like six or seven years. Mashallah. And um, I'm also a wife. Uh, me and my husband, we have six children together. Total, we have a blended family. Mashallah. And um, one of the things that I think I was a little fearful of initially was, you know, fully covering how would the business world receive me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we already have so so many hurdles as women anyway in the business world Mm -hmm. but then I was like here I am about to add another layer (laughs) right yes (laughs) and and you worry about that when you build a platform Mm -hmm. you build a clientele and then all of a sudden that's it's a major switch and we can't ignore the elephant in the room right right Um, I went ahead I went ahead and did it anyway and because I wanted to be obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, um, you know, business has been great. You know, my life is still flourishing, alhamdulillah. 
and um, I transitioned over from the direct sales industry mm-hmm. over into real estate um, because I was just ready to build something that had my family's name on it mm. um, versus being kind of like the spokesperson for someone else's brand and although it was good money it wasn't legacy to me Mm. Um, so I made the decision last year to walk away um, from a six-figure income that I was really comfortable with uh, Mm -hmm. and and just you know like I always do just walk in faith and just know that you know um, if you have that gut feeling and you may do I about it Mm-hmm. Um, then a law will open up all the doors that are supposed to be open to you. So that's just a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry, sis, but you you came in you came in swinging, okay? You kicked the door <laughs> in, okay? And I'm going to tell you that I had like a recent conversation, like in the last couple of days, about what you just said. And what you just said was, um, you walked away from a six figure income um, mm-hmm. to uh, pursue something that had your family's name name on it and would leave a legacy. Um, I just want you to talk a little bit about, and and we're not downing, you know, any of these network marketing companies or anything like that. We're not. That's not what we're doing here. But I just wanted wanted you to dive a little bit deeper into the difference between, you know, kind of, you know, coming up under the umbrella of, you know, another company and then creating your own. So just talk to us a little bit about that. And then just, you know, kind of what you want uh, women to get from you making that transition. What do you want them to see in that? Um, I just want them to see, and I have nothing against some people that is what they want to do and that's their field. And that's the way that they change lives. And so Mm -hmm. again, I'm not ever going to come down on the way that someone decides to make a living, to make an impact or change or a difference. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me and what I feel I was called to do, um, I realized that number one, that it was my influence that I was bringing to these companies. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that people weren't buying into the company, they were bought into me. They believed in me. Mm-hmm. No matter where I go, those people would go. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was team building or clientele or customers, uh, mm-hmm. they would follow me um, wherever I went. And, and I realized that I had a responsibility, not just to my family, but also to the people who do follow me. And who believe in me to do something I felt was making a true impact on my community. I love it, sis. Yes, yes. And so, um, you know, first of all, you know, um, just watching you and, you know, just watching you do what you do. You're a great storyteller. And that's why you're a great marketer. You know what I mean? I think people uh, lose that too. So one of my passion areas is marketing. So I love watching you work too. Um, you know, yeah, mashallah, mashallah. Says, get it, get it, get it. You know, <laughs> so you have to be a great storyteller. And the cool thing about, you know, being alive and being a woman and being, you know, just a boss hijabi in business right now is that we have so many tools at our ready. And so one of those tools yes. is social media. And so, as you said, you know, you you're utilizing your social media in so many different ways, you know, to tell a story about, you know, you being an amazing wife and mother, um, you know, you being an amazing woman in business. And then, you know, you being, you know, an an influencer, if you will. And I think I want to take the negative connotation away from influencer because I feel that you can positively influence people's lives on social media. And so, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you know, this whole podcast is just about 
kind of flipping those those stereotypes that um, people have in so many different ways. But I really want to ask you this, you know, you transitioned, as you said, you know, from, you know, network marketing and, you know, from, you know, thriving companies. So what made you choose, um, you know, real estate and why should someone who is either following you or wants to come up under you, uh, why become an agent, an investor or a homeowner? Why should they do any of those things? You can pick one or you can pick all three. Um, I can, I, I'll talk and, and hit on all three. Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, I believe that before you set out to do something, you should look to see what is the need for mm-hmm. this thing. Mm-hmm. That's the way that I set out to, um, when I, when I look to how I'm going to make impact, I look at the need that it is for humanity, right? Mm-hmm. And real estate serves a basic human necessity, which is shelter. Mm-hmm. We know that it's never going to disappear because as long as we are here, we're going to need shelter. Yep. And so for me, that's a surefire business model and plan is to go into real estate. And so uh, that's one of the reasons why I chose it. It's one of the great ways to invest your money and to almost guarantee that it's going to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I personally became an agent, everyone has different goals mm-hmm. as to why they became an agent, but why I feel others should become an agent, because here's the thing, even if you don't want to be a full-time agent, everybody has a family member that's going to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's say you, right, mm-hmm. join a brokerage that gives you 100% commission, mm-hmm. right? And you have, with between your coworkers, you're on social media, use it, it's mm-hmm. free. Yep. A co-worker, maybe one co-worker, somebody refers somebody who refers somebody, a family member, a friend. Let's just say in a whole year, you bring four families to closing. Mm-hmm. That's anywhere typically on average between five and $10,000 commission. Yeah. What would that do for your family wealth? What would that do for you know, your family or even your community, mm-hmm. if you had an additional, you know, 20 to $40,000. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I just feel like because we all know someone who's going to purchase a home, right? If you are looking for a way to make additional income and you're not looking for the quick return, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. why not become an agent if you're not afraid to open your mouth? If you're not afraid to put yourself out there um, and as far as investing goes, if you are a homeowner, you're an investor. Yes. If you're a homeowner, you're an investor. You now have an investment, Mm -hmm. right? Even if it's just that one home or even if you're just a homeowner who has one home and you wanted to upgrade and buy a new home and maybe you're just running out the other one, right? Mm -hmm. To cover the first mortgage. Yeah. You are now an investor. You have an investment property. Um, and, I, and I think that people should become homeowners because now you have an asset to be able to pull out equity. Should you want to start a business? You can leverage it. Absolutely. Yes. It is, mm-hmm. now, it is now your tool to be your own bank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that is why real estate is so near and dear to my heart because it is a way to give you and your family options. 
I love it. I love it. You know, and one of the, I love what the, just the very last thing that you said, which is to give your family options. And um, the reason why I love that is I'm huge on, you know, especially, you know, as women of faith and Muslim women, you know, I feel like a lot of times, I said this a few episodes back, is that a lot of times we may choose a spouse. Uh, we may choose, you know, just a, a condition or a situation, you know, um, mm -hmm. just to be real. Um, yeah. because, you know, we're in a situation where, you know what I mean? We don't have the money or the means to be able to provide for ourselves and possibly yeah. our children that we are rearing. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, getting into real estate, having a property, you know, having some investments under your belt and, you know, God forbid, you know, Allah forbid you run into, you know, hard times, you, you can leverage that. And as you said, you know, you can use the equity in your home either to purchase another home or you can mm -hmm. use the equity in your home to start uh, some type of business, you know? I did that with a cleaning business that I started um, about almost 15 years ago, mashallah. Oops, telling my age, right? <laughs> <laughs> mashallah. But I did that. You know, I just took the money out. I flipped it. And, you know, I created a six-figure business from, you know, taking out some money, you know, from a home and just flipped it. And so, you know, I love, 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 you know, um, that you're using real estate as, you know, kind of like a mini um, empire builder. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and just giving a woman option. So I just really wanted to um, just put that out there. Mm -hmm. And so speaking of women and, you know, coupled together with real estate. So I've interviewed probably about three people on our podcast. Um, and now you are the fourth person woman in real estate. Mm -hmm. um, as a woman, what sets you apart in real estate? Like what makes you different than, you know, any other sister that's in real estate. And the reason why I'm asking this question is one, of course, to highlight you. But then the second is to get a, a woman that's possibly listening and thinking of going into real estate, that there is something about her too, that sets her apart from another, you know, woman or Muslim woman that is in real estate. Yes, I think that that's a great question. Because one of the things that tends to hold people back is this illusion that everyone's doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that it may be oversaturated, which would, you know, make you encounter some business challenges and difficulties. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that that's a great question. I think what sets me apart personally is my aspect of how I serve others, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and I think your niche of how and who you serve. And that's mm -hmm. so important. I think when people go into real estate, they just think I'm going to sell everybody and their mama a house, right? Mm, that's deep, sis. Get into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, and that's naturally what people think. That's naturally, I'm going to sell you, 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 and, and that's the wrong way to go about it because um, the best and most profitable business models and businesses are the ones that really narrow and focus in on which, what their niche is. Mm -hmm. So true. And, Mm -hmm. And that sets you apart. Yes. That sets you apart because now you're just not an agent like everybody else. Mm -hmm. You're Kim, the covered agent or, yes. you know, like, like people will start to know you. So because you focus in on your niche, people are going to, it's going to, it's going to make you rise up above the masses because mm -hmm. now you're unique. Yes. So I, I think that each agent has to figure out what their lane is mm -hmm. and how they put themselves out there as to who and how they're going to serve. 
Yeah, I, you know what? I wholeheartedly agree with you. And again, going the, like you're you're killing the game, and I know you're going to just you know, inshallah, it's going to be a hundredfold because you know you come from a marketing background, and also that you understand that you have to niche down. And you know, just coming from a marketing background, just being in hijab is actually an asset. It's a tool um, that you can use. And again, just like you said, it sets you apart from the rest. It's like okay, um, you know, this is the territory that I cover oh you know it's the hijab you know it's the woman that wears hijab that's mm -hmm. that's who my agent is and mm -hmm. immediately people will be like oh Kim yeah, you know what I mean exactly so I'm not hard to find no um the other thing a red lipstick you know what I mean yes. if you are known for like you know a pop of red lipstick um when I first uh, started BUNHD you never caught me without a, a pink hijab a hot pink hijab. Yes. I had that hijab in like every shade, flowers, dots, whatever. But, you know, I yes. made sure that it was signature so that people, you know, knew who I was. They knew, you know, what my company stood for, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I, I think that we need to start understanding that the things that make us unique actually make us, you know, more powerful as well. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, are, and, and are an asset to us. To, to us. So um, yes. where do you see yourself going from here? So, you know, coming from a different industry, you know, about a year and a half in or so, um, you know, into um, real estate, where do you see yourself going from here? So my goal with real estate is just to really build capital mm -hmm. um, so that I can build other businesses that impact my community. So I haven't shared this. So this is an exclusive. Uh oh, uh -oh I love it. <laughs> Um, but I also want to create a lifestyle line. Um, so many people just inbox me and message me about literally like how I do life. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I am, I just enjoy doing just as a hobby is um, fashion. Mm -hmm. So I would like to first, because, you know, you have to focus in on that niche, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to start an online boutique, mm -hmm. just showing pieces that I would wear that are modest because I get that question a thousand times a day. Where'd you get that? Where do you shop? Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I want to create something because I'm going to be honest, sometimes I don't find one place that has things that I like. I have to go to a lot of non-Islamic places and sift through, um, you know, modest things and kind of piece stuff together. But I want to create a one-stop shop that not only if you're Muslim, but if you're just modest. I love that it. You can come there, you can shop. And I think that it's very important. I feel like it's it's taboo and it's not discussed. Mm -hmm. But Muslim women want to feel pretty too. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that we want to display our beauty and haram police and blah, blah, blah. Yes. Right? We get it. Right? Yes. But, but within covering, mm -hmm. we still cannot lose ourselves. Yes. Right? Um, and I want to create a space that is still halal mm -hmm. um but we feel beautiful and, and and sometimes it's hard sometimes it's like I remember converting over and me saying like you know no offense to anybody but <laughs> you know I'm not Saudi I'm not Saudi Arabian like right, this stuff is I not hear my you style. yeah mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like this stuff is not my style or I'm not I'm not from Pakistan you know yes. I'm not Pakistani I don't want jewels all over me everywhere I hear you that's not my style yes you know and and so I want to create something that it's for everybody, but more for the modern American Muslim, because I feel like our culture mm -hmm. gets watered mm -hmm. down. Absolutely. You know, and it gets kind of overlooked, mm -hmm. um, you know, American and, and specifically also African-American. Mm -hmm. 
culture kind of gets like, oh no, you're Muslim now. You have to be Arabic. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm actually African-American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm... So I want to create something that really makes us feel good covering. I love it. If that makes sense. No, it does. And and here's what I'm going to say. And, be, you know, through, through my lens. So my lens comes from the whole hijab experience, you know, everything, not without my hijab, right? So yes. from my lens, though, I see exactly what you're talking about. And one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I said in this episode, and you just gave me the layup, mashallah, is that, um, you know, the way that we cover the way that our hijab looks, the colors that we wear. And when I say hijab, I don't just mean the khimar that you wear on your head. I'm yes. talking about from the head all the way down to the feet um, is mm-hmm. dictated by where we come from. So, yes. you know, it, 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 it not only does it say, you know, hey, I'm from, you know, America, you know, or I'm from Saudi Arabia or I'm from Pakistan, wherever the case may be. But it also even tells us what state we're from once we're in the United States. Our, the way yes. someone wraps a hijab or the way they mm-hmm. wear their abaya, you know exactly which. Because you know a Philly girl. Yeah, listen, I, I was trying not to say Philly, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, you know I mean? listen, I get my stuff from Philly. So, yes. you know, so like I'll joke with my friends like, oh, girl, I'm walking out here looking Muslim, Muslim. Today. <laughs> <laughs> Mashallah, Philly for sure. Philly for sure. Um, you know, make sure that they put their stamp on things. So, yeah, yes. Philly, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Philly is probably, um, they've got it down. Um, and, yes. and, a, and a close second, close second is Newark, New Jersey. I would be yes. remiss if I didn't big up yes. my sisters in Newark, New Jersey. They, mashallah, you know, and this is coming from a New Yorker, yes. but I lived both in New Jersey and Philly. So yes, mashallah. Mm-hmm. So I love it. You know, first of all, you know, do I sis, you know, may Allah grant you tawfiq in, you know, everything that you are working to put forth. And I think, you know, lifestyle, um, brand, you, you're going to you're gonna kill the game, um, sis. So um, anyone who's listening, make sure you look out for Kim Mason. Make sure you hold her to it, um, that she comes out, you know, with some, some you know, some bomb, you know, uh, outfits um, for us to go ahead and um, take a look at and, and, and partake in. You know what I mean? So we, I'm excited to look for that um, from you. So, and, and, and you just gave us really one reason, you know, why, and I, I mean, I mean, I forgot to say, I mean, um, but you gave us one reason to consider going into, um, you know, real estate investing. And I feel like everyone is a real estate investor. Just like you said, even if they're, you know, a homeowner, whether they're an agent or an actual investor um, themselves. So mm-hmm. give us, you know, a couple more reasons why you feel women should go into real estate investing, real estate investing. Um, you know, outside of what we already mentioned, that it's a great way to build wealth mm-hmm. and to give your family options, but representation, mm-hmm. representation, I think that it's really important that other women see other women doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, it is human behavior that most people are followers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And until someone steps up and shows that it can be done. Right. Yes. People kind of sit in the belief that it cannot because they haven't seen it. And for many, seeing is believing. And the only way to really start to get um, that movement going in massive numbers is through representation. Mm -hmm. So I believe that more women, especially women in hijab, getting out there and being because let me tell you something. I go into a room. And I'm okay with going into a room being the only only woman in hijab. It's usually mm-hmm. almost always that way yep. when I'm in a business arena. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. 
And um, I almost have to introduce myself twice. My hijab introduces me first. Yeah. And people then have an idea of me before I open my mouth. Yeah. And then they have a second idea of me. I have to reintroduce myself and say, no, actually, you know, like, right. you'll be so surprised. Uh, people like random people, um, I'll speak. And, mm-hmm. and the reason why I say my hijab introduces me first, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll give you an example of this, is that many times when I'm out in the public, um, I'll go to speak to someone and the person, you don't know how many times I've heard people say, oh, your English is really good. Ooh. And, um, and, you know, I'm quick and mm-hmm. I'm always, uh, I love a good joke and I'll look at them and I say, wow, so is yours. You know what? You're faster than I am. Cause I, my face would have said what you actually said out your mouth. Cause I would have just give, gave them the look like what? But, you know, I'm like it. It's you know, I speak a little bit of Arabic. Like I can make my prayers. Yes. I can greet you. But I'm like English is the only thing that I speak right now. <laughs> so it better be good. Yes. yes. But, but so my hijab speaks for me before I do. And people already have an idea of me before I ever get to introduce myself, shake a hand um, or open my mouth. So I think that having more representation will show people that women in hijab are not women who, you know, are only wives, stay at home moms. Like we're smart, we're innovative, we're business women. You know, we care on a lot. Many people don't know that even if women don't work a nine to five or go into someone's office that many Muslim wives and women have home businesses, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like we have other hats and roles that we wear, but unless people know that they don't know. So representation mm-hmm. is very important. So I would love to see more women and namely more women in hijab uh, coming out into the real estate investing world and us getting together and doing webinars and teaching other people and reaching back to our communities, husband and wives and, you know, or just single women, you know, single women, they don't have to be married. Single Muslim women are also out here in the business arena killing it. And um, just that representation would be really great. I love it. I love it. You know, and I love what you're saying, just, you know, um, and I love doing this podcast because I feel like, you know, it's highlighting that, you know, uh, for years, and this is me included, you know, my hijab was hidden. Sometimes I didn't wear it at all um, for mm-hmm. the exact same reason that you just said, which was that I didn't think that I was going to be taken seriously. Was I going to get that multi-million dollar contract in hijab? And, you know, 20 plus years ago, the answer may have either been no or, or you know, I would have had to fight very hard. Whereas mm-hmm. today we don't have that. Today, you know, it's not that our hijab is accepted, but we have a lot more laws that are protecting us. We have mm-hmm. a lot more people that are willing willing to fight that fight for us where we don't have mm-hmm. to fight it for um, yes. you know, ourselves. You know, three years ago when I left my corporate job, I actually left my corporate job because of my hijab. You know, mm-hmm. I worked in the finance industry. And so, you know, I, you know, clients would come in and they would see the hijab and they would go, oh. So, you know, what I did was, is I, you know, came out of the, the, the corporate world to kind of um, work at it from the other side and to get mm-hmm. more women, uh, you know, being in, you know, the, you know, kind of in like, not, not the ruler's chair, but you get what I mean, but kind yeah. of being in that seat where they're dictating, you know, the plays. You know, mm-hmm. when, when it's our own business, we, we have more ownership and, you know, we can dictate a little bit um, differently. And yes. so um, I like what you said also. And, you know, I just want to, you know, just further nail the, 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 the point home is that as Muslim women, we have depth. 
Um, yes. We are extremely intelligent. Uh, when you look at, you know, the who owns student loan debt uh, in this country, majority of it comes from not only women, but women of color. And then to add on to it are actually Muslim women is, are the most educated um, women um, in, in, in the United States and, you know, possibly in the world. So I know for sure in the United States, but, um, you know, we're, we're diving into the world as well. So um, yes. and just to, to, to also say this, um, a lot of times, you know, you see the man as the man is the head and he is the one who owns the business. But in most cases, it's the wife that is running the business behind the doors. You just that is so that. true. Yeah. So, 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 so true. So <laughs> true. <laughs> so I love it. So um, if we could give, you know, a real estate investors new, you know, a new investor, a place to start. Can you give us five real estate investing tips and, and just where do you think a new investor should start? So if this is all kind of going to depend on your funds and your mm -hmm. network, right? Okay. But mm -hmm. um, when I read when I when I read over that question, I thought I wanted to speak to the person starting from scratch with little to no resources, because that's the majority like of people, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to go over anybody's head or, or sounds like you know what that's a lot, and I don't know if I can do that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, so what I would like to focus on uh, today for you guys is wholesaling. Um, I chose wholesaling um, as my starting and, and main point for uh, investing. And here's why. I really do my best to stay away from the major things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells me to stay away from. Mashallah. And one mm -hmm. of those things is interest. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, we know that we live in the United States. It says we'll get to a point where we won't be able to avoid a dusting, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We are in those times. Yes. It's hard to live in the United States without some type. If you have a savings account, you get in some type of dividend. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Whether you want to or not, even if it's a dollar, you know, mm -hmm. it's coming your way. So it's very hard to avoid and you just have to do your best. Um, but the reason why I love wholesaling so much is because you're not into anything of financing. Mm -hmm. So, and I'll explain what wholesaling is to those who have no idea what it is. Mm -hmm. So when you become a wholesaler, basically what you're doing is you are being paid a finder's fee. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. it. Okay. So what a wholesaler does, your main job is to find homeowners who for one reason or another would like to sell their home. Now, they typically don't want to put it on the market because either they won't get what the value is or it'll take too long to sell or they really desperately need the money right now. Um, you know, some reason that they want to get rid of the house sooner than later. It's a pain point for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Many properties become a pain point for people. Mm -hmm. And so your job is to find those homeowners and negotiate a contract with them. Mm -hmm. And now you own the equitable interest in that home. You do not own the home, mm -hmm. but you own the equitable interest. You own the contract over that home now. Mm -hmm. Once you are in contract with that homeowner. Now, what you will do is you'll take that contract and you will market that contract around to cash buyers mm -hmm. who are also investors mm -hmm. and those people you'll basically let them bid if you have a good investing list 
investors list Mm -hmm. and um, you know, it goes to the best bidder. And then you take those people then to closing. Once the house goes to closing, you are paid your finder's fee. You, you've, I've seen finder's fees as low as 3000. I've seen found um, finder's fees as, as high as over 80,000. I love it. I love it. You know what? I love how you explained it. Like, literally like okay so wholesaling has been around for a while but um it wasn't necessarily something that was known like was was as publicly known as it is now it's not a word that you just found in regular conversation and i'll just just being transparent you know up until even about five or six years ago um nobody heard of it that's one and then the second Mm -hmm. thing was was people was like well how can that be is this a scam how can that be yeah and the answer is no and so um, what Kim, first of all, Kim, you spelled it out like so plainly, like anyone can get started um, in it. And if you could just, you know, give us even, you know, uh, you know, what, what is there an amount of money that you need a bare minimum amount of money to get started wholesaling? Because I want someone to be able to walk away from listening to this whole, to this um, podcast episode mm-hmm. and be able to say, okay, I'm going to go find X, Y, Z amount of dollars and I'm going to go become you know, a wholesaler. So I would say realistically, a minimum of at least $500 you, yep. should, you should try to have mm-hmm. um, to, to get your foot in the door. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason being is number one, you're going to need some earnest money cash mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to give to that homeowner. You need some consideration for your contract to be legally binding. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it doesn't have to be the 500. I don't recommend you doing the 500. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe it's $100, you know, and that makes it a legally binding contract mm-hmm. um, in the state that you're in. And so on top of that, you'll want to take the other money uh, to invest in some systems that mm-hmm. help you to find the numbers, the contact information of those homeowners, because you're going to have to sift through um you know you may want to spend a little bit of money on marketing Mm -hmm. um like maybe text ad campaigns Mm -hmm. once you have the numbers Mm -hmm. um you may want to buy some signs they call them bandit signs Mm -hmm. you know everybody's seen them we buy houses cash right yes you may want to invest in putting some of those around um areas in your city Mm -hmm. and the best place to start is your own backyard Mm-hmm. Like people get so overwhelmed, but there's literally a house in your neighborhood right now and someone wants to get rid of that house and they don't have the means to because maybe they don't have the money for the repairs or maybe mm-hmm. it's an inheritance or maybe they're about to go into pre-foreclosure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have the ability to stop that simply by getting finding out how much equity they have in the home. And that's the key. You can't you can't do this if the home doesn't have any equity. Mm-hmm. There needs to be enough margin for that cash buyer to make a return on their investment, of course, and for you to be paid your finder's fee. So that's the key. Once you find these people, you need to also be making sure that there's equity enough in that home for it to be a deal. Because if there's, there, you know, the point of all of this is to make money. If you're not yes. making any money, then there is no deal. Yeah. Um, so these are five things that I would tell you to do mm-hmm. to get started outside of having the money. Number one, YouTube University. Yes. It's free. Mm-hmm. It's free. And every step that I'm telling you, even more so in detail, you can literally find on YouTube. But mm-hmm. once step two that I would give or point two that I would give um, is once you sift through YouTube, find somebody that resonates with you yes. and get you a free mentor. Yes. Mm-hmm. They can be your mentor on YouTube. Most people who um, have wholesaling programs give you free game. 
mm-hmm. on YouTube mm-hmm. before you ever invest in their program, enough for you to actually at least get your first deal. And once you have some cash under your belt now, then you can start to invest more in your business, maybe hire a mentor and things like that. Yes. But before you do, those first two points will literally get you off the ground and give your business wings. Mm-hmm. Um, step number three is obviously you have to find the homeowners. One thing that you can do for free and wholesaling to find homeowners is something that they call drive for dollars. You can literally drive around in your own backyard and find homes that look distressed. Mm-hmm. The grass is overgrown. The mail, um, you know, is hanging out the mailbox. <laughs> yeah, the house looks tore down. It yes. looks physically like it's beat up and needs repair. Um, that that it may or may not be a deal, but that is a a a sign or it's a red flag to put that address down and Mm -hmm. to find those people. Now there are free ways to find those people. You can go to your County uh, executive office. There are so many different ways that you can look people up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also software, which is where that $500 will come in. There's software that they have up there that you can literally look people up and get all of their information. And they usually give you several supporting family members information too. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, The fourth thing that I would recommend is to build your investor list. All of these things should be done kind of simultaneously because Mm -hmm. one of the worst things that you want to do is get a house and you don't have a buyer. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if you really want to work smart, the best thing to do is to reverse engineer your steps. You don't even know this. (laughs) <laughs> if they do not get what they need from this episode, I don't know what to tell them. I don't know what to tell them. You are literally giving them the game. This is a million dollars worth of game on this episode. I, I pray, you know, that I'm, I'm just going to stop for a second and I'm going to let you just keep firing away, Kim. Is yes. that get your pen and your 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 pencil pad, whatever it is, out. Go back and replay uh, this portion of the episode and then make sure you share this episode with like 10 people. And then make sure you connect with Kim. <laughs> Mashallah. Go ahead. Alhamdulillah. So you want to reverse engineer your steps. And the reason and the reason why I say that is because, for example, one of the last things that you need to have is a buyer. But mm-hmm. if you kind of start with the end in mind, mm-hmm. then you can say, you know what, let me make sure that I have because now I can go to the investors and you can ask the investors what type of houses are you willing to spend cash on mm-hmm. now when now that goes back to the beginning of our conversation when we started this podcast is locking down on your niche yes, yes. what would you rather do drive around for hours aimlessly looking for houses mm-hmm. and you don't really know what to look for or you know you have cash buyers and here's what they say they're, they're they would drop the cash on today mm-hmm. if you had that house mm-hmm. now i'm going out with a purpose and i really encourage you do not move without a purpose i know that's right, I know that's right. Mm-hmm. you you will you will cut down time waste and increase your time management if you just learn how to move with the purpose and be more calculating with your moves. I love it. (laughs) I'm telling you like, and and the only reason why I'm saying this is because, you know, I, you know, I have, I've done this. I've had properties. I have, you know, properties, Mm -hmm. me, you know, me and my ex-husband, we went around looking for properties and you you said, do not go out without a purpose, man. (laughs) That those first few years we were going out without, you learn, you learn, you learn, you learn real fast. You like, listen, something's not right here. Is this supposed to take this long? You learn. And so one of the things that 
I hope that people hear, um, and this can translate to any business model, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. It's not just real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people waste a lot of time. And we know that that's the most valuable thing because it's the one thing we cannot buy back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you just do your research and you take a moment to really write out what your plan is from start to finish, look at your steps, you know, look at your system and then work it backwards. Mm-hmm. This is I need if at the end I need this, let me start here and make sure I have this in place, you know, um, and, and it just will it will cut back on a lot of your time if you're moving with the purpose. And so my last point mm-hmm. is the other free thing that you can do is build your social networks. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people miss that part. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the connections that I've made, um, one of my first deals um, that I got involved in was through social networking. Mm -hmm. And um, I was I was actually connected. I just put a post up there, you know, looking for, you know, brokers that I can build relationships with because I wanted to make sure that whoever I sent people to, um, that, that it was quality people. And somebody connected me with DJ Envy's mortgage book. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and so mm-hmm. now I have a relationship with somebody that's super knowledgeable, you know, super willing to give back and pour into me. Um, and, and you are missing a big opportunity um, to learn, to grow, mm-hmm. to network and connect. If you are not actively on social media, using it the proper way, mm-hmm. um, and and making sure that you actually again move with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. So those are my five tips for that. Sis, you you drop the game, and again, I'm going to say that million dollars worth of game on this podcast. So um, not only if you know if real estate is not your niche, you know we're not you know bashing you or anything like that. But truly, um, you know, if you want to build your wealth real estate needs to be involved somewhere in the game. I don't I don't care if you're in hair, you know, the hair industry, I don't care if you're in clothing, whatever the case may be, real estate will come in handy in any of those um, particular areas. So don't discount this episode if you feel like real estate is not your niche, if you're involved in another industry. Real estate investing is something that you want to, um, you know, think about. Even those people, you know, just thinking about, you know, if you have a clothing business or you have a hair care business, at some point you're going to need a warehouse to be able to store your, yes. um, you know, your inventory. A perfect example, um, I met a, um, a gentleman who owns warehouse space, multiple warehouse spaces. He's not mm-hmm. using any of the space. You know what he does with it? He rents, he it, rents out it out. Be- <laughs> Listen. Killing the game, and mm-hmm. what he and then he took one real estate place. This is in Atlanta. Took one real estate space, and he he um cut it up. I think into like three different um you know warehouses. So now mm-hmm. he's getting like you know what I mean, triple the income yeah. for one exactly. single space. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I love uh you know what you said. You said uh, do not go out with a purpose. So you know just you know bring it home. Do not go out without a purpose. Like, listen, you know, you just reinvigorated a thought that I had in my mind with that. Um, Then um, you said, do your research and write out your plan. This right here is huge. This part right here. Um, And look at your systems. So I talk about this book probably every other episode. And I'm going to talk about it again. Um, It is the seven habits of highly effective people. Again, we have another successful person on our podcast. And she is saying the same thing. And she is talking about beginning with the end in mind. 
The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey talks about just this. Um, I took this class probably now about 15 years ago while I was still in corporate America. And, um, you know, just talking about how building a sales team, building a sales and marketing team, um, which every single business needs. Okay. Um, and just beginning with the end in mind, the end result. So the end result is I want to, you know, uh, I want to get someone to spend, like uh, Kim said, between 3000 and number goes to infinity. That's what my kickback I want to have when wholesaling these properties. So, you know, having those people already um, set up. So, um, you know, just making sure if you haven't already, go ahead and check out that book. Also, um, Kim, I want you to um, give them your handles, your email address, whatever you want to share as far as your contact. And it will also be in the show notes. So if you miss it when she says it right now, um, it will be in the show notes for you to be able to click for you to be able to access her um, on social media and um, email. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so on Instagram, I am Kim Mason online mm -hmm. and my email is Kim Scott online. Got it. At gmail.com. Got it. Okay. So both of those will be in the show notes. And so of course, everything that we do around here, um, you know, without, we are nothing without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one of my favorite questions to ask our guests is what is your favorite ayah or hadith that you live by? Like what governs your life as a boss hijabi out in the world, you know, being a serial entrepreneur and, you know, just being a real estate investor and just being a, a wife and a mom. So my favorite hadith, this one, um, I heard, probably a little over a year ago when I heard it, it brought tears to my eyes. Like I literally wept. Mm -hmm. um, someone was um, reciting it mm -hmm. in Arabic and I could only read the footnotes. And um, it really touched my heart because business is such a big part of my life. It mm -hmm. is what saved me from my poverty mindset. Mm. Um, becoming an entrepreneur helped for me to break the mold that society tried to put me in. Mm. And but with that gift also can come a curse when you don't have boundaries mm -hmm. and any good thing can become anything that's halal can be made haram. Mm -hmm. And we have to be careful in this day and age that promotes, you know, you got to be wealthy. You got to be this. You got to mm -hmm. be that money, 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 business, business, business. business. And, you know, it's just it's just driving sometimes over the edge mm -hmm. and making us forget what's truly important. Mm -hmm. And so I want to share this Hadith with you all, and hopefully it'll help you to keep your heart and what's truly important in perspective. Mm -hmm. This Hadith was reported by Zaid Ibn, Ibn Thabit. Uh, and it says the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, whoever makes the world his most important matter, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will confound his affairs and make poverty appear before his eyes. And he will not get away anything from the world, but what he has been, what has been decreed for him. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say that one more time, because mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. And it says, the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, whoever makes the world his most important matter, Allah will confound his affairs and make poverty appear before his eyes and he will not get anything from the world but what has been decreed for him. However, whoever makes the hereafter his most important matter, Allah will settle his affairs and make him content in his heart and the world will come to him although he does not want it. Yes. 
It's one of my favorite. Go ahead, sis. Yes. And so for me, I know, let me just say this really Mm -hmm. fast. And I don't mean to be preachy, but it's, you know, a law is just so dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. Coming from a place where you had to go without, when you finally figure out how to generate income and, you know, you remove control from others and it's now in your hands and mm-hmm. you, you say you know I can I can make this I can do that it's so important that we humble ourselves and we humble our heart and we know that everything included provision comes from a loss of penalty mm-hmm. real estate is not providing for you mm-hmm. a loss of penalty is providing for you mm-hmm. your husband is not providing for you a loss of penalty is providing for you mm-hmm. and he's using your husband as a vessel mm-hmm. and so it's really important that we don't get so tied up chasing this dunya mm-hmm. you know like you could you could be stressing yourself out today the business is not growing this isn't going right and you're putting your worth and your value in something that is going to perish. Mm-hmm. Everything of this world will perish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that you'll be able to take with you, as we all know, is our good deeds. Amen. Yeah. So don't lose sight in business because it's so easy. Don't compromise your integrity mm-hmm. for this dunya. Do mm-hmm. not. Because in business, you're going to be propositioned mm-hmm. with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And you have to hold on to your morals you have to hold on to this dean. You have to hold on to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and know that if you always keep your heart, your eyes, your mind after and where you're going after this, mm-hmm. that all the things that you want, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will gravitate to you mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're focusing on him versus focusing on the dunya and worshiping the dunya over him. So I hope that really helps someone else. Listen, I pray so too. And one of the things that I will say to you is, is that, you know, if anyone is listening right now and um, they feel like they've kind of lost their way and they may be experiencing some of the things that Kim talked about is that it's never too late to turn back. You know, Allah is always, always, he's waiting for you. You know, he, he, you know, I feel like, you know, I don't know if anyone is like a color that has ever watched the color purple, but um, there's a part where um, Sealy and um, Suge, you know, they talk about, um, you know, God and, you know, jo- you know, God is kind of jealous when we don't, you know, turn our eyes toward him. And every time I think about this ayat and I think about exactly what you just said, I remember that scene, um, you know, in the movie where it, um, Suge says, you know, God, you know, loves admiration. And, you know, he, you know, when you walk by the color purple, it's almost like, you know, you're saying to God, whatever, this color is cute, but you know, what I'm doing over here is a little bit better. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what, you know, you're saying, you know, and again, you know, just beginning with the end in mind, we could even, this whole episode has come full circle, mashallah, right? Beginning with the end in mind, even past, you know, uh, the investors, even past, you know, selling a home, past that is the akhirah. And what we're able to do in this life, you know, should buy our way into the Akhira in essence, right? Um, I had a brother uh, tell me one time when I was first starting the whole Not Without My Hijab journey. And he said, you know, you may, uh, you may not, you know, uh, you know, see, you know, the result of what you're doing with the whole Not Without My Hijab play and the book and all that kind of stuff um, in this life. You, it, it, you may be building your bricks. You may be building your billions right here in the dunya. But 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 for the Akhira, you know, so you may not you may not yes. reap that benefit and that reward. There may be some, you know, you know, some striving that you have to do on this side. Um, but 
just think about, yes. you know, the billions that you are building, you know, you're building your home in, in Jannah. So, you know, Jazakallah khair, um, Kim, for uh, that reflection, mashallah, you know, again, one of my favorite, um, you know, reflections. So mashallah, so beautiful. And just really, you know, whoever is listening to this episode, please, I pray that you go back and play this episode over and over again. I pray that you um, connect with Kim, um, you know, uh, whatever it is that you are, you know, looking to do, you can, you can take some tidbits from this episode, inshallah. So Jazakallah khair, um, Kim, for uh, your uh, reflections, for your tips, mashallah, again, million dollars worth of game. Um, uh, that you dropped uh, on this episode, inshallah. So I can't wait to air this, inshallah. So I look forward to seeing more from you, inshallah, for us connecting, inshallah. Maybe we do something together, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, for our sisters, yeah. Um, so Jazakallah khair. Um, again, if you have any last words, you can go ahead and chime in. If not, I will see and talk to you soon, inshallah. I just want to say shukran for having me today and for giving me a voice on your platform. I love it. Jazakallah khair on my sister. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My inspirational quote of the week, we believe that there is only one creator who created us and we acknowledge him. We all know that he created us, humankind, to serve him. Now the question that comes to mind is how we can serve him. There is a reason behind the creation of this world and humankind. In the Holy Quran, Almighty Allah mentioned the reason of creation of this world, which is, and to Allah belongs the dominion of the heavens and the earth, and Allah is over all things competent. Indeed, in the creation of the heavens and the earth and the alternation of the night and the day are signs for those of understanding and those who reflect, who remember Allah while standing or sitting or lying on their sides, and give thought to the creation of the heavens and the earth, saying, Our Lord, you did not create this aimlessly. Exalted are you above such a thing. Then protect us from the punishment of the fire. Found in the Quran, Surah 3, Ali Imran, verses 189 to 191. So from the aforementioned verses of the Holy Quran, we came to know that Allah has created this world and humankind for his worship, and we should always remember Allah the Almighty in everything we do, inclusive of our work and contributions to the world, because he is the one who created day and night, heavens and earth, and all other things that we see and partake of in this world. He didn't create anything without purpose. Everything is created due to some reason and has some purpose in life. We as, as Muslims have a clear perception in our mind that the creation of this world and humankind is to praise and worship our creator. This has been another spectacular episode of Boss Hijabipreneur brought to you by BUNHD LLC and the Not Without My Hijab stage play. To find out more about services for women of faith and business and the next city up on the tour, visit www.bunhd.com. It is our hope here at BUNHD that after each episode, you will be empowered to have a deeper connection in your spirituality, personal, and business relationships. As women of faith, we have a responsibility to learn our religion, apply it to our daily lives, and to make a positive contribution in our local and global community. Gotta do it before.